serious conversationalist. I'm Zach Ramsey. And I'm Melissa Zimmerman. And we are curious people. I'm trying to find a tagline, but we don't really know what our tagline is. So, Alyssa, why did we create the Curious Conversationalist? Well, we really wanted to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, we did. I've always wanted to be in a podcast. I was in a podcast when I was in high school. It was a lot of fun. It was called the EEZ Show, Ethan, Ethan, Sack Show. We don't do it anymore. Although I feel like we should have a reunion tour. We made eight episodes. The only one that was good was the seventh one. Because <laughs> it was the most on topic. The rest of them were just chaotic. And I don't even know if they even exist out there in the interwebs. Nothing ever leaves the internet. It probably is out there then. But, yes, we are two curious people. And in our culture, we live in very broad... Eh, not broad. More narrow boxes that people just kind of sit in and echo chambers and then we just yell at each other from our little territorial boxes and so we think that having conversations is important in discussion and debate just not you know threatening each other so it's being convers- curious about what other people think and have to say in their view of the world exactly not just fighting yeah so you can debate somebody and totally disagree with them but be interested in what they have to say. And so that's the purpose of the podcast. And we also want to just experience or uh, work through worldviews and, um, you know, how do you navigate this world and what's the best philosophy to live by and things like that. Disclaimer, we're both Christians trying to navigate the world through the Christian lens. So 21st century humans making sense of our reality through the Christian lens. Uh, and so we're just trying to figure out what that looks like and all these different things. So we hope it's helpful. We'd love for you to... Um, Comment and respond back. Uh, you could do that on our Facebook page. It's a Facebook group. It's not a page because they've changed how pages work. But you can do that. And so we'll post topics up there and it'll be really fun. And then we'll answer those things and you can interact with the show, which will pretty much probably be a couple of our friends and mainly, mainly our parents and grandparents. Yeah. And then we'll interview different people since we are uh, doing that. So that's good. Oh, I forgot to open the show the way that we're supposed to open the show. How's that? I'll have to start all over. Can we start over right now? Yeah. No, like, no, just go. Okay. Start. Hello, and welcome to the Curious Conversationalist podcast. No, I messed it up. That's what you said at the beginning. I know it is. No, no, no. (laughs) Greetings from Lincoln, Illinois, the epicenter of cultural engagement. This is the Curious Conversationalist. I'm Zach Ramsey. And I'm Melissa Zimmer. And then we'll just post everything that we did earlier and put it in there. That's post-production. How about that? Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> so since we do live in Lincoln, Illinois, <laughs> since we do live in Lincoln, Illinois. We're low uh, budget. We're low budget. No, that's not why. We're no, just, I'm we, just saying like. We are the center of everything. Disclaimer. to Dr. Don Green, who is our president at... Uh, Lincoln Christian Lincoln University. Yeah, we need a place. we need a ding. Can we where's the applause? No. <laughs> where's the applause? The third button, I think. There it is, right there. Lincoln Christian University. Um no, I felt like we should have a bell, but that's copying another podcast, but they stole that. That applause is really long. <laughs> it is. But they stole the bell from a radio show up in Chicago uh, that I used to listen to as a kid all day long because I was homeschooled and I, I did my work. No, not NPR. It was like it was uh, eight ninety WLS. <laughs> I don't remember the two people. 
I think one of them was named Gary, and I don't know. Anyway, but they had they'd have a little ding. So like this is our ding. Nope. See there it is. So Lincoln Christian <laughs> University. So because of that, we're gonna interview different people um, and have a good time with that. We're not. Be- you were yes. explaining the epicenter of progressive or not progressive. Culture. No, we are not oh, progressive no. in Lincoln, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Cultural engagement. Rinse your mouth out with soap. What? Change it. You yes. were explaining cultural, the cultural, epicenter of cultural engagement. Yes, we are the epicenter of cultural engagement. We live in Lincoln, Illinois, which is the center of Illinois, as Dr. Don Green. It's the center of everywhere. We're not oh, in the middle of nowhere. That's we're what in the I center meant. of everywhere. That's what I meant. Yes. And so because of that, we believe in cultural engagement. And part of that goes with the curious conversationalist. We just want to have curious conversations, being able to understand, try to figure things out, and doing that through the lens that we've chosen to live so what does it through. mean to engage culture? Is Engaging that- culture. Alyssa, that's a great question. It means to interact with it instead of circling the wagons and freaking out about everything and being in a reactionist Christian. So we're going to engage and get in the – not become the mess but be in the mess and help it become better, redeeming. It's a redeeming life, just like Jesus. There's a progression in scripture of moving things forward, and we want to be a part of that instead of taking things backward. Which some people do unintentionally because of fear, Fear, which is from a book called Question Mark, What's Wrong With Religion by Sky Jutani. Check it out on Amazon or where you buy books. I love that button. It's super fun. (laughs) So that's what we're doing. Today we're going to talk about um, uh, places to take your kids on spring break, which would be super fun, and also talk about um, really hilarious Ways that scientists have come up with how to cool, how to cool our uh, warming climate. So whether or not you agree with it or doesn't don't agree with anything that we say on the show, that's fine. We're just going to wrestle with ideas for the sake of learning. Um, so that's the reason for that. And I just think these are kind of funny. Um, and then re- and then we're going to talk briefly about how retirees, the baby boomers, are changing the world again. I just think this is funny from because we live in the, the epicenter of cultural engagement and Illinois was featured in this map in the Wall Street Journal. I felt like we had to talk about it. It's just it's super sad. And then we're going to be talking about curiosity and Museum of Science and Industry. So it's going to be really good. So our first story, spring break. What do you got? Alyssa, you were finding on – you were looking at this and finding places that you have been on. Yeah. So – this is an article from BuzzFeed. <gasps> Top quality news. Um, 50, wait, the most amazing places to take kids in all 50 states. Mm. I'm trying to think if I've been to any of these. We'll pick a state. Uh, let's see here. I really like the state. My friend lives in, uh, one of my friends, my one friend, lives in uh, Wisconsin. I have Wisconsin. multiple friends. Sorry, that's at the bottom of the... Oh, because yeah, it's all the way down. Order. Yep. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, you should visit the Wisconsin Dells. Yeah, but that's where everybody goes. Where have you been in Wisconsin? Wisconsin Dells. That's fair. It's actually really cool. I went to this uh, water park called Noah's Ark there, and I'm pasty white. Like pasty, pasty white. That yes. was in junior high, uh-huh. and I got a sunburn so bad that I had quarter-sized blisters on my back. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. 
<laughs> so would you recommend taking your children there? Yes, with SPF 100 sunscreen. <laughs> I went with other people who do not burn as well as I do because they're not SPF. <laughs> you burn well. I do. Is that how it works? <laughs> you put me in the oven for two minutes and I am fried. <laughs> wow. So they did not. So they had like SPF mm-hmm. 5. Yeah. And I need 100 and I... That was traumatic. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep for weeks because <laughs> it was just so gross. But anyway. How about yeah. this one? This I have is another a, friend that lives in Colorado. Where do they, oh, they do? I was looking at Utah, but I'll go all the way Utah. back to the top for Let's Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado. Ooh, Casa Bonita. I've been there too. In Denver, Colorado. Have you been there? No. Did you not go on choir tour? No. Did you not go to? I thought you went to Colorado. Nope. Oh, anyway, that place is that place a thirty-foot waterfall, and a stage show featuring cliff divers, pirates, gorilla suits, all inside a restaurant. Plus, it has arcade games and a cave. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. Yeah, I went. Ooh, so cool school. as a kid, but you just want to wash your hands every three minutes as an adult. Yep, I believe that. I sort of wanted to do that as a sophomore in high school, and the refried beans were not that great. So, should we go there or not? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I'll ask my friend if he's been there. Ooh, also in the running, the Garden of the Gods. <gasps> Ooh. That place is way Honorable better than Casa, Casa Bonita. Yeah, but as a kid... Garden of the Gods. Okay. There's like... It's just crazy. <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid, but when you're at the Garden of the Gods, it looks like there's rocks... Just coming out of the ground, <laughs> which I know is what a mountain basically is. But like, you just walk around, and then it's like, whoa, a giant rock coming. I live in the middle of Illinois. Okay, we don't have rocks that come out of the out of the ground. The ground is rock. <laughs> I know it is, but I'm just saying. All right, here's one that I've been to: the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. What was that? I, I'm not clear on that. What that Sorry was. Sorry about that. Um, it offers an up close look at rockets, achievements, and artifacts of the U.S. space program. It's a co- really cool place to go. They have different camps for kids where they have dorms, and you can come and stay and learn about space history and do a fake space mission. Oh, fun. So when I was there, we sent someone. I think we sent them to Mars, and I was Did I was they make it back. Or they I still was there? the person who got to count down. That's it. That's all you got to, to do? lift off. Yeah. Well, I had to flip some switches and stuff, which wasn't as exciting. But anyhow, so they went on this spacewalk, and um, half of our members made it back. Half didn't. So I'd say that's a success. Oh my gosh! Half of your group members didn't make it back. Yeah. Were you supposed to leave them there, or they just didn't care? They were spacewalking, so I think that they were fine. Well, they had fun. They just didn't get it back on the, uh, yeah, back on the trip. Mm-hmm. The ship. They made it back home trip. to Illinois, though, so it's okay. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, eventually. No, uh, yeah. Uh, another one of my friends lives in Oregon, so I want to see. I want to see what we got here in terms of. Uh, um, how do you spell Oregon? It starts with an O, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh, there's an interesting place in uh, Medford, Oregon that you would like to go, Zach. They have a train station. Like, they have, like, this giant train set, and you can, like, 
look at all these trains in Medford, Oregon. It's about um, four hours from Portland. Oh, cool. Giant train set. I love trains. I know. I love trains. They're super fun. Choo-choo. Did you see the new train engine that's coming through town now? So Amtrak, in order to be more green, which I think is good, but, you know, because of diesel and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but they are, they've changed their engines and they look super cool and there's gl- like glass on the side of the engine, the train engine, so you can see what's going on inside. Super cool. That yeah. does sound neat. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, in Oregon, you also can go to a sea lion cave, which I think would be super cool. As well. What do the sea lions do? I think they lay on rocks. That's the picture anyway. They just kind of hang out. It's kind of like the scene in Finding Dory where the sea lions are just hanging on the rocks outside of the aquarium. And they just yell at each other for getting on the rock. Pretty much what the picture looks like. Like, perfectly. So, it looks pretty cool. So, there's some places that you can go to um, if you don't know what you're going to do for your spring break. Across the country, great place. Here in Illinois, you should take your kids to, to the uh, Museum of Science and Industry, which we're going to talk about in a second, and which is super fun. Um, and, yeah, it's just great. So you need to check those things out. So, yeah. What's the coolest place you ever went as a kid? Like your parents t- took you and said, we're going here. Hawaii. Dude. So did you go to what BuzzFeed said you should go to? Yeah, the Dole plantation yeah you got to see all these different types of pineapples growing which was really weird because you know pineapples don't grow they don't grow in illinois oh i see what you're saying we have a walmart of course they grow in illinois yeah and so you got to see all the different pineapples and you got to try like fresh pineapple that they just like picked from the plants which was interesting very tasty do pineapples grow all year round or are they like a seasonal fruit I think that they probably grow year-round because Hawaii's climate is pretty temperate. Which means it's the same? Yeah. I don't know what temperate means. I think so. That's fair. We'll have to look it up. Where's the dictionary? Let's, we'll have to type that up there and see. So there you go. Those are the things that you can go to, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, be awesome. So you can go cliff diving. No, not cliff diving. Go to a restaurant <laughs> with cliff diving, or you could do something different. <laughs> or you could go cliff diving. Or you could go cliff Mild. Diving. <laughs> Just like it's super Mild funny. temperatures. Mild temperatures. Year-round. Okay. There you go. Deal. Temperate. I like it. There you go. Okay, so our next topic is uh, about science and how some scientists are devising ways to help cool the planet. Now, I bring this up because I think it's I think it's funny. Not that climate change is like something to laugh climate about. Climate change is not a joke. It's not a joke. So, uh but I'm just saying though their ideas on how to fix it are quite hilarious. So I So the first plan says that um they are going they want to try spraying large amounts of sulfur dioxide into the upper atmosphere. Which I feel like dioxide is the whole thing they're trying to not have here in the earth, right? Um, carbon dioxide. I know, but it's... Uh, it's no, it's no. different. I didn't have real science, so it's okay. Maybe so... Because I didn't pay attention. What this... They tried. What this um, sulfur dioxide would do is would be like a fake... Like recreating a volcano eruption, so they. But those are bad. 
but with so that Timical would be in the air and the 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 um sulfur dioxide would reflect the sunlight back out and so therefore it would not hit the earth and make the earth warmer. But then how would we fly? Because like when there's like when the It's in the upper atmosphere. I know, but how you don't fly in the upper atmosphere. Uh what's the one dude who makes the one guy does. What's that company? Elon. Richard Branson, Elon Musk. Those guys, they fly in the upper atmosphere. Well, don't they? With their space shuttle ships. <clears throat> we don't have the space shuttle anymore. No. Rip. Mhm. What's the second one? I just think it's interesting that like we want to block out the sun with sulfur. Wouldn't that block out the sun? Ooh, scientist Raymond Pierre Humbart. Ooh, that's a fun name. Yeah. Has called the idea wildly, utterly, howlingly, barking bad. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so he basically thinks they're crazy, which is fair. Hey, Ooh. what's his idea to protect the earth? Well, the next idea is from a Scottish Ooh, scientist. Ooh, love the Scottish. Um, using asteroid dust to block <clears throat> the sun's light. I sense the theme. Sun is bad. Wow, this is actually very complex. Read it. I want to know. Um, their plan calls for pushing an asteroid to the point where the gravitational pull of the Earth and the gravitational pull of the Sun are felt in roughly equal measure. Huh. At this point, asteroids aren't in danger of falling towards the Earth or drifting off towards the Sun. So then they would land a spacecraft on the asteroid. It's like Armageddon. And deploy an electromagnetic catapult to roll asteroid dust into space. A dust cloud would form around the asteroid, preventing a small portion of sun's light from reaching Earth. So then it would be like our second moon? Well, no, the moon does not. No, but like we have a, like the moon goes around us, so would this asteroid just like go no, around because us as it, well? It, no, because it would have to be equal gravity pull from the sun and the Earth. Oh, so it would just like It would just be there. in space. So it orbit between well, us and the sun. My well, my question. No, I, I don't, thought I don't think we, it would orbit. I think we'd just sit there. Yeah, but we orbit though. So like, if it's gonna block us, don't it? We need no. it to follow us. It just needs to be between us and the sun. I know, but like, so when when we turn away from the sun at night, when it gets dark, we're turning away from the sun, so we don't need it over there to protect us from. Oh, but like it would travel around the sun. Like we travel around the sun. Yes. Okay, it's to protect us. Technically in our orbit, yeah. I got you. My question is, it will it it says it will prevent a small portion of the sun's light from reaching the earth. Is it worth all of the trouble of I don't know, but I'm pretty like a lot of people died in the movie Armageddon trying to do that, so I'm not sure it would work. Ooh, plastic in the ocean. This is this is a new theory. Is this the next one? Yeah, well, I skipped one. Solar shield. But I think plastic in the ocean sounds more interesting. In that cover the Arctic Ocean with bits of white plastic that will float on the surface of the water and reflect the sun's light back into space. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So it'll <laughs> But is don't we have a problem with more plastic in like the Pacific Ocean? Isn't that like a like isn't there like just a mob? And it's like killing like a, all of the yeah. sea creatures? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's not good. And it would be um, non-biodegradable. Do any of those actually help cool the Earth? 
That's the number one problem. I think this is why they're all theories. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I just, I read it and thought it was hilarious. That Ooh, was... fill the earth with micro bubbles. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Can we float on them? No. Oh, that's, oh, micro, duh. So that wouldn't really work, but. Mm-hmm. I, that's hilarious. What What is that from? What reputable news source is that from? Popular Science. Hey, they're like pretty good. Normally. They have a magazine at least. So they Well, have I mean, they are calling these ideas outlandish. Oh, okay, so. fair <laughs> Maybe that's why I clicked it on my Apple News feed. I just thought it was interesting, so mm-hmm. I thought we had to talk about it. But I just, the underlying, this is a classic example of how humans see a problem, know the issue, the underlying problem, is too much carbon dioxide. And so instead of fixing the carbon dioxide, we come up with bogus solutions that have absolutely nothing at all to do with the underlying problem because none of those fix the carbon dioxide, right? Don't we need more trees for that? Or like no. algae? No, the moss? problem, no. That was I... in National Geographic magazine, we need more peat moss. What is peat moss? Something that storms carbon dioxide that lives in Scotland. The Scottish dude should have known that. I think that the problem is that the earth is too warm. Deep. That was good. I like it. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) I like it. So anyway, there you go. Whether or not you... Whether or not you believe in global warming or not does not necessarily matter for the curious conversationalist. I just thought this was interesting. So if you do... Then you're going to continually try to figure out how to, how to, you know, help. If you have the solution to global warming, you don't have to worry about it. Please step forward and tell everyone. I did read the other day that Spain has like twice the amount of forests that it used to when it had its fullest extent of forest, like back in the Middle Ages. So like they've done so much conservation work that it's now like doubled what it was even like supposed to be at 100%. It's a two hundred percent two hundred percent forest. Way to take care of the earth, Spain. Yeah, but I think it's causing like ecology problems because they like they helped it too much, like they messed up the the ecosystem. Okay, mm. humans, find the balance of not too much help, but not don't enough help, help so much yeah, that you hurt. You gotta figure that out, which mm-hmm. is. Tension. It's the paradoxical part of life. That's my new. That's my new saying. We need to have a week on paradoxicalism, which is a new belief system that I've created. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a new, not but new belief system, but like the new, the new mm. worldview that's going to be sweeping America by storm. I'm just kidding. Or or Lincoln, Illinois. Lincoln, Illinois, which is the epicenter of cultural engagement. Yeah. Okay, since we're both millennials, we have to talk about boomers because boomers talk about millennials all the time. So I felt like it was fair to bring it back. So there's a lot of boomers in the world if you've never known. An eye for an eye. Well, I'm nice talionis. I'm not going further. Okay. I'm not going to like do um, 10 stories, okay. just one. And I think it's interesting. So the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we live in the state of Illinois, the epicenter yeah. of cultural engagement. Mm. And in the epicenter of Illinois, because of reti- <laughs> retirees, is that how you say it? Retirees? Yeah, that's the word. They People are moving in droves to other places. So not surprisingly, they're moving to the south because, well, 
Florida's nice, I hear. It's sunny. I mean, they have hurricanes, but don't live on the beach or secure it. I, I don't, don't know. think you should move to Florida. Why? Because of hurricanes? No, because you'd get sunburnt. Ooh, that's true. Be like Noah's Ark all over again. Unless I had SPF 50, it'd be fine. 50? 100. <laughs> paint. Basically, I need white latex paint. Ooh, you need micro bubbles in. on your skin to reflect the sunlight. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that would help. But anyway, I just bring this up because uh, according to the map here of by county of population increase Where did you or find decrease, this map? This is from the Wall Street Journal. Okay. From yesterday's paper. So it would be... March 22nd. March 22nd. If That's, you want to know the page number, yeah. it's page A6. Okay, so on the top left corner, to be precise, but basically every county in Illinois um, ha- did either like had a reduction in population or were like met the national average. Only one actually grew above the national average. So in order- gained more retirees. No. No, just like gain people. So oh. most of our people are leaving in droves to the south. And the biggest yes. location is? Texas. Yes, it is. Most people are moving to Dallas, Texas. I didn't actually read the story. I just guessed. Well, and part of it's interesting because a lot of the people that we know that have lived in Lincoln, Illinois, all like people are moving and yeah, they're almost all. Yeah, all of our friends all, went to Texas. They're all leaving and moving to Texas. Most of them in the Dallas, Fort Worth area. Some in San Angelo. Shout out. And then others in other places around the world. But most everybody who leaves Illinois goes to Texas, which I think is interesting. Maybe that, And maybe that's just because around here, because State Farm keeps firing people. And they're moving there. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting. So there's another way that boomers are affecting American culture. Way to go, boomers. Good job. Keep it up. Okay, so now for our big segment segment of the day, which is intense because we're already at twenty six minutes, but that's okay. So uh, this last um, this last month, uh, we took a group of students from Quest, which is a a ministry outreach ministry to help uh, unchurched kids in our town uh, kick have their faith kick started with Christ, and so that's the whole point of the the program. And so we want to create. Places to help them dream, help them realize that they can trust a Christian, number one. And then hopefully by trusting a Christian, they become curious about Jesus. And then maybe they'll become open to change. But we start from a very, you know, relationship-based and not trying to – we do teach, but we don't teach a lot. It's more of experiences and and uh, connections and friendships and stuff like that in order to build the trust to help move that on. But one of the big things that we want to do is that we want to uh, make – uh, or give opportunities for students to dream, which I think is cool, mm-hmm. and help instill in them a, curi- a curious spirit. So I went to the Museum of Science and Industry, which was one of the, the options listed on BuzzFeed's places to take your kids for spring break. Best place in Illinois. Best place According in Illinois. According to BuzzFeed. And it was aw- – and I mean the place is cool. And so we went there, and it was super cool. And what caught my eye and what I wanted to talk about was this giant banner – Hanging in the is it the like the lobby area? Yeah, hanging in like the lobby atrium area, and the thing is huge. It was floor to ceiling. I don't know how long. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's just massive. I'd say probably like forty feet tall. Okay. Maybe more. Fifty feet tall. Let's go fifty. Fifty sounds good. And it's just massive, and it has an eyeball on it, and it says "Long Live Curiosity." Although it's interesting because the word curiosity is spelled backwards, not like. 
like mirrored backwards, not like it's well, no, it's spelled backwards, but the letters are also backwards. And then at the bottom it says feed your need to know. And then on the other side of the wall, so opposite the wall on the other side of the hallway, there's this letter from the Museum of Science and Industry. And so you can find it on their website, but I'm going to read it here. Uh, I gave credit, so I don't feel like that's stealing. So I'm going to read this, and I just think it's interesting, and then we're going to talk about this. So here we go. Our worldwide – this is quote. Our worldwide levels of curiosity are at an all-time low. Attention spans are shrinking. We look more at our screens than at each other. We accept too much at face value. We're not pursuing answers beyond the first entry that comes up in a search. I'm guilty of that. Curiosity needs to make a major comeback. We need to know now more. We need it now more than ever. We need to protect it, help it grow and thrive, and we need to ask questions. Powerful ones like why, what if, is it true, are you sure, and how can we make it better? We need to celebrate all questions, the ones that may be best answered with another question, the one that makes you question the one question or asking the questions, the ones that eventually make a whole lot of sense to be asking. Curiosity is what drives society forward. It is the lifeblood of all human progress. Emphasis mine. So let's raise our national curiosity levels once again, and together let's ensure curiosity does not become an endangered species in our lifetime. Join us. Long live curiosity spelled backwards. End quote. What do you think? I think that... I think that that's a good banner. (laughs) I think so too, but why? Um, <laughs> um, I wasn't prepared for this. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll drink my Diet Coke. <laughs> um, I think that we've been doing some research on Gen Z and uh, reading Barna's book. About Gen Z. Barn Research. And um, the book talks a lot about how um, Gen Zers, which are kids born. How does it define Gen Z? I don't know. I have the book right here in my. Yeah. Can you look that up? Because everyone defines Gen Formally, Z differently. Uh, beef jerky stain picture it, or mm, fingers here. Yum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's important that we know. Exactly I don't remember. What talking about. It's on here somewhere. I hope so. I'm sure it is. Mm, here we go. According to the research, or Barna classifies Gen Z as someone before nineteen or born between 1999 and 2015. So you missed it by a couple of years. Yeah. So I just missed it. According to Barna. That's fair. But Everyone the, res- defines but the research in their family. book is based on thir- ages 13 to 18-year-olds, and then they consider adults 19 and older for comparison. So that's what they have. And then in the so back. So a lot of their research is talking about how um, Generation Z has just kind of come to a nihilistic view of the world of nothing really matters, what's the point, like um, – and so I think that this uh, – I think that that's a dangerous path to go down of nihilism, of um, thinking that nothing matters, that there's no point to the world, that you're not, there's no point to who you are and to, there's nothing for you to do. 
yeah. to make things better. And so I think that this banner offers an alternative option of you can ask questions, you can push back, and you can find um, ways to help the world. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I, here's what f- fascinates me about this banner and the reason why I wanted to talk about it is that this is at a science center, like a museum of science and industry. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like, I don't think of scientists or science, you know, we live in a world that's very scientific, it feels mm-hmm. like, you know, America, we, you know, we blow up things, we have airplanes, we have the internet, we have uh, drones. I mean, it's not like we don't live in a world that is totally consumed with scientific fact, mm-hmm. research, I mean, cancer research and all these things of, you know, finding crazy things that you can do, 3D printing, like human mm-hmm. body parts that I saw in National Geographic the other day, they can make yeah. ears. Like, it's not like we, it's just weird that a science place would then say, I, interesting. Do you that, think that science is like an area that there is still a lot of curiosity? Yeah, absolutely. Like, of all of, of all the disciplines or areas of our culture that I would say well, would be the most curious. Well, do you think that curious. they're saying that they need to be more curious or they're, they're, that's their critique of the rest of culture? Um, I, think it's, I think it's probably everything. Okay. I think it's a critique of culture themselves and everything because of just the line, uh, the line in here of um, we look at our screens more than each other. We accept too much at face value. We're not pursuing answers beyond the first entry that comes up in a search. I mean that's – that's uh, you. If you live that out, I mean, mm-hmm. that's their quote there. But if you live that out, you don't do scientific research. You don't do like, you know, I'm experimenting in order to prove something yeah. right or prove something wrong. You just do it once, and then you're like, okay, I'm good with the result. And you don't actually like do anything with it. Like, you know, I think that's kind of a, against that. And I think I wonder, like, I'm just shocked by that. Like, I could see it from a, you know. We both work in a church, and so, like, from a church, we could say, mm-hmm. yeah, people aren't really interested in God anymore or um, you know, as much. I mean, you kind of see that. I mean, Barney even says that with, like, mm-hmm. 13%. You know, 13% of Gen Z compared to 6% of everybody else would identify as atheists. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. the spiritual things mm-hmm. aren't as big of a deal. Just don't really – It's and, uh, and, you know, Barna has also said that, you know, other research – like. That it's not so much that people are antagonistic to spiritual thinking or curiosity mm-hmm. of philosophy or anything like that. They just don't really care. And so I just think it's fascinating that the science community, at least this museum, mm-hmm. they are saying that we need more curiosity in our life. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. Um and I, may, I don't know. It's and it, this a uh, couple weeks ago we t- we asked some asked some high school students what they thought of peace, and t- to them peace mm-hmm. was nobody disagreeing with anybody. Yeah. Which and they're all Gen Z, so mm-hmm. and that's like terrifying. If you don't have any pushback, you don't like. You have an echo chamber. Yeah. Which you just, your ideas just come back, and so there's no learning there. So maybe that's what they're critiquing of. I mean, in science, it's screwed if there's no pushback. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. can't have progress. I mean, that's a line in this as well. Yeah. But it's interesting, too, because we were we were talking about this, and uh, Alyssa, uh, you were talking about the Seth Godin blog mm-hmm. that was released on Wednesday, the 21st yeah. of March 2018. Which is entitled Mobile Blindness. Mm. Talk about this blog. So in this blog, he talks about how um, mobile devices have changed how we interact with the internet. And so he argues that 
they have made us more surface level thinkers and investigators. Like, um, you just look at the headline and scroll past the next thing. Um, think about like Twitter, short statements, you know, different things like that. Instead of digging into the depth of like reading a book about something or, um, even reading an entire article, a lot of times we look up articles, we just scroll through and read the headlines or like the, what are those called? Subheadings? Mm. Or, you know, just... The bolded areas. Or like BuzzFeed articles, you read number one, number two, number three, number four, like the numbers oh, instead of the actual. Four. I normally read one, two, and three. So, Zach, <laughs> you seem to suffer from this. I do suffer from this, and I consider myself an extremely curious person. <laughs> So do you think that do you think that mobile blindness is a real thing of we're blinded we have there's so much information that they're at our fingertips that we miss it we're over like we're overwhelmed by how much information we have that we miss any like depth of information Oh yeah absolutely I mean I struggle with this because I'm really curious about a lot of things but I would say that I half know or quarter know a billion things Mhm which isn't really helpful. And then do you think that – I think something that I maybe see is that people know, half know something but think that they know it fully. Yeah. And Well, that's me. I bold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too bold in what I don't really understand. Yeah. And I, I mean that's the whole purpose of the podcast, what mm-hmm. we're trying to do and try to get people that we don't agree with and trying to get people we agree with and whatever and have the debates and have the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also dangerous because I think we just learn differently. Like because Godin just, you know, like a couple weeks ago talked about snackable content and how, you know, small content, a lot of small content can be just mm-hmm. as beneficial as an MBA. So, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I guess it's, it's how you approach it. If you don't, if you don't really care, like if you're like, eh, okay. This is what BuzzFeed said, or mm-hmm. oh, this is cool because this I read this on, I read this on the Verge about mm-hmm. tech stuff, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really like think about it deeply, but like Twitter, I mean, I really use Twitter all the time, but I then go and read the article. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could. Do, do you that. read the article? Depends on what the article is, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, some articles of like, you know, I don't know, uh, boomers moving to Illinois or moving out of Illinois. I read because I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's tons of articles that you sit there and you're like, mm, maybe it doesn't really apply. Yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, my question, I am a young, I'm on the young, young end of the millennials. Um, so my question is, would, um, is it really different? Would people, how much would people really go to the library and read the encyclopedia to try to learn how much? How deeply would they really dig into things, or would they just go on and do something else? Like back in the past? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We had an encyclopedia. I looked up stuff, but I don't think I read the whole article. I read just the beginning, but that was before the internet. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I at least people are exploring things because, mm-hmm. like, way back in the day. You know, hundred probably even fifty years ago, fifty to a hundred mm-hmm. years ago. If you're farming all the time, you don't have time to. I mean, because you have to eat. Yeah, you can't go to Walmart mm-hmm. and just go. Yeah, I would like to have all this and then throw half of it away. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you're working yeah. to eat, you know, you're working because you literally have to feed mm-hmm. your family. Then 
you don't have time to sit there and read encyclopedias. So I guess in some yeah. respects we have more time to be able to read, learn things, and be exposed to things. Mm-hmm. But I think another thing is like you have to – like so I don't know if it's totally changing. I will say though if you lived in Lincoln, Illinois before mm-hmm. it was the epicenter of cultural engagement. Yeah. If you live way – you know, lived here a long time ago, you wouldn't know anything like – around the world mm-hmm. and so it's just too much to take in so i think part of that like our brains would explode so if we are you i don't know what i'm saying but i mean that's what the internet is we have access to the entire world no i know but i'm saying i think that might be why we don't really pay attention do you think that that's why we maybe see an increase in anxiety and Absolutely. Depression and other mental illnesses of there's just so much over it's overwhelming to people. Probably. Only because like if people have asked like if you know when you ask people who've given up uh, social media for Lent mm-hmm. or for like a week fasting yeah. and they always announce it you know because they have to tell everybody mm-hmm. where they're going so nobody thinks they're like gone or whatever. Yeah. But like when they do that a lot of people that I've talked to that have done it, they say, yeah, I was less anxious. So I think Mm -hmm. maybe the feeling of having to be on all the time, like we don't take breaks, I think Mm -hmm. that kind of makes it harder. And I think it's also harder because there's more more ways to create content. And maybe that's why we're not curious anymore because we are – it's just so much and it's like, eh, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean think about what Apple Music did to – Apple Music, Spotify – well, Spotify really was the one who like did it. But Mm -hmm. like – there's so many different sections mm-hmm. of different types of music that, like, it's hard to even find what the top songs are anymore. Because yeah. it's There's so top fra- charts for every, and it's so fragmented. Mm-hmm. So, like, to actually like be exposed to it, I think it's hard. And then you, um, so I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with this or not, mm-hmm. but it is interesting. I do think that we look at things. I do think that, according to Seth Godin, I agree with this part. Like, I do think that we read things quietly or, like, uh, just skim them mm-hmm. because there's so much. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the difference, though, is – and maybe people have always done this – is now just because we skimmed it, we can throw it on social media and then we're experts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we have no idea what we're talking yeah. about. And maybe that's what Museum of Science and Industry is talking about. But, I mean, do this in terms of, like, biblical worldview and faith. If you throw this in of, like – in our own faith, if we operate that way, mm-hmm. if people don't really, it's not that I'm, I don't really care about God. I just don't really care. Yeah. Well, how do you get people to be curious about something? Like, how do you get them to do that? And what can you we don't provide? Have a museum. What can well, you we provide as the surface that will want, like that will uh, get them to dive in deeper? I have no idea, but you're right. Like, how do you get them? To, how do you get them curious about something? Like, you know, if you come to church... Because if they're only going to look at the surface, it doesn't matter how great your content is underneath. You mm-hmm. have to have something at the surface that can get them to even engage with the content that you have underneath, you know? Yeah, totally agree. So how do you do that, Alyssa? I have no idea. I don't either. I don't either. How do you get people to read books? How do you get people to engage in a deeper level? How do you get people to to about anything anything that matters i think you have to show them that there's something worth changing for mm-hmm. i think it's hard yeah i agree with that i almost wonder like so how do you i think it's easier for kids though mm-hmm. because they have less to change 
because mm-hmm. they don't really know what they're talking about in the first place. Yeah. So I wonder how you do that to an adult like who's known something for a long time. Yeah. Like I always love it when I'm, <laughs> I always love it when I'm talking to my with my parents and they tell me something and then I fact check them on the internet and they're wrong and they're like, wow, I've been wrong for 20 years Yeah, and because you just didn't have the access to it. And maybe that article's wrong mm-hmm. or whatever, but I mean, and now we're just so skeptical of everything yeah. and maybe that's healthy. I don't know. I, I mean, that's part of, I think the curiosity banner is it said questioning those who ask the questions. That's true. It is having that I think there's a healthy skepticism and unhealthy skepticism. I think you can go too far. Yeah. Okay. So in the church, in the church, do you feel as, do you feel that curiosity is encouraged or promoted well? No. Why? I think that, I mean, most, most people, I think when they think of church, think of going on a Sunday morning, going in, sitting down singing a few songs, listening to someone talk, singing a few more songs, maybe taking communion and then leaving. I think that it's just very passive. Pay and the union dues. You got to pay the dues when the yeah. plate comes by too. Oh, sorry. Offering. <laughs> maybe throwing. <laughs> maybe other churches there. don't do that. I don't know. Um, but that's a passive way of... If I mean, it doesn't encourage curiosity because there's no engagement in. You can just sit there. Yeah. You don't have to pay attention. You could sit on your cell phone the whole time. You know. Yeah, that's true. It's not. It's not engagement. It's not. It's not. Um, you're not a part of it, really. You're observing it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So how do you how do you instill this in other people? I mean, I think that's the thing that's hard. Like how do you get people to – how do you get people with their faith to become curious? You can't force that. Mm-hmm. You can't like go up to people and go, I demand you be curious because that's yeah. just going to like shut people off. Mm-hmm. But I, it's interesting. There's certain – I wonder like how you teach. I don't know. I think some of it <coughs> is just creating an environment that's not – that's not as passive as mm. – it's more interactive. Yeah. Um, but creating that environment where people can be curious and it's embraced more, encouraged, just, I don't know. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I think. Or maybe I disagree with you because we're conversationally. Conversation. Conversationally. Con- conversating. All right. Conversing. There it is. But anyway, this was supposed to be a 25-minute podcast, and it's now been 50 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> we will we'll we'll wrap out. it up, and we'll have to figure out how to make it shorter. But anyway, um, I just, but again, I, the hope of this is to try to throw articles out there, throw different things, have conversations, interview other people, try to figure out what to do, and how can we interact with in a curious manner so that we can learn. And I, I mean just to end this and let's wrap it up in a bow like we do on Sunday morning. No, <laughs> I'm not going to, but I just the thing of I think it's, I think it's an important truth is that we have to be more curious. Mm-hmm. We have to. And I mean we don't grow unless we're curious. Mm-hmm. We don't move forward. We just kind of stay where we are or go backwards. And I mean, if this, if the Museum of Science Industry is afraid of human progress, what about like a church's pro? Not an individual church, mm-hmm. but just you know the, the community church. of following Jesus. What does that look like if we just kind of go, "Yep, this is the way it's always been for the last hundred years, and this is what we're just going to continue"? 
I'm not saying we need to like just chuck everything and be like deconstruction and leave it deconstructed, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is, you know, you have to re, you have to reformulate things. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's interesting. So please let us know what you think. Um, uh, techn- uh, we're going to continually fine tune this thing and find a for- good format that works and make sure that our technology gets better. So quality and everything gets better too. But please uh, like us on Facebook, on our Facebook group. Well, you don't like a Facebook group. You join a Facebook group. Right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But interact with it. We'll throw some stuff up there. It'll be okay. super cool. So uh, ha- please have more curious conversations. I'm Zach. I'm Melissa.